We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I don't know about everyone listening, but after a long day of work, I just need to come home to a nice, refreshing tall boy to ease my stress. I actually just had three or four last night, if I'm being honest. No, not those tall boys. A refreshing tall can of liquid death was exactly what I needed. If you've noticed a new tall boy can in the water section that looks like a beer or an energy drink, it's actually liquid death, a mountain spring water from the Alps that comes in still, sparkling, or in three different flavors. Try the lime, trust me. Why is the water called liquid death, you ask? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. There's just something special about grabbing an ice cold can of liquid death, hearing the pop when you open it, and quenching your thirst with the best tasting still or sparkling water on the market. I honestly could not go back to bottles even if I wanted to. As I mentioned, I can't recommend the Sparkling Lime Liquid Death enough. It has the perfect lime flavor to go with a crisp, refreshing finish. It's also the best water to mess with just about everyone you know, as they probably think you're chugging a beer in your car or a work meeting at about 9am. Seriously guys, check this product out. I've been absolutely loving it and I know you will too. Go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Packaday Podcast. 
What's going on, Packers fans? Welcome into another edition of the Saturday Pack-A-Day podcast episode, the injury report, as we break down the injury report that is a, eh, it's, it's not as bad as it's been the last couple weeks, but as the Jets take on the Packers in Lambeau, noon game, I am Matt Fralick. Alongside me, once again, is Janelle Mackey, and we're bringing the whole squad back together. Eli Berkovitz is able to join us tonight, so it's fantastic to get into this with you guys. A noon Packers game, which is fantastic. I saw... Uh, Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee this week. He had a little twinkle in his eye being in that a noon Lambo game. I also felt the same way. Um, Eli, I'll start with you. We've missed you on a couple of these injury report breakdowns. I think I was missed on one as well, too. So uh, nonetheless, where do you rate this one between having like four receivers injured and Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins out and then like having no one? I think it was like two weeks ago. We were very thin. Where? What what's your concern level zero to ten with the injury report just for the Packers side? Um, it, it's not it's not super high. I think knowing that Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins have managed to practice basically the whole week and are not on the injury report probably plays into that. And then obviously, I mean, as we'll get to, there's some guys that will be missing this game, most notably Christian Watson. But yeah, compared to other weeks, I wouldn't say it's overly concerning. And just knowing that. Bakhtiari and Jenkins should be out there at either 100% or damn close to it. Definitely, it makes it more comforting to see. Hell yeah. One one that we will definitely dive into, and I think Janelle's got the inside scoop on it. Janelle, what happened to Rayshon Gary's toe? All of a sudden, he just got a toe injury. I assume you have the inside scoop on that? Yeah, I mean, if it was me on an injury report, I'd probably be on for my toe every week because something about my family, we stub our toes a lot. So <laughs> if I was if I was going to be listed on the injury report, I'd probably be a toe injury. But I mean, yeah, it's kind of just something that, you know, popped up. You know, he wasn't listed as anything on Wednesday. And then all of a sudden starting to hear about this toe thing. And it's kind of like toes once again, making their way around. This was kind of something we saw last year. And then we get all like the feet picks. So um, hopefully that's not a trend again this year. So, you know, keep your shoes on and everything and whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of just, it's interesting because you have no idea how it comes up. Like, did he get stepped in and practice? Did, you know, your, your toes are, they're vulnerable. I mean, if you're me and you're clumsy and you just kick stuff because you don't know where you're walking. I mean, I would like to think Gary's a little bit more coordinated than someone like me, but I mean, I, I think I made this joke to my dad earlier. I was like, well, well, Sean Gary with nine toes is still better than most guys with 10 toes. But it's still the way Matt LaFleur kind of talked about it, where he like seemed to be a little bit concerned, probably just because it is Rashawn Gary and he really is kind of, you know, holding that defense together right now. Any kind of injury to him that could maybe slow him down a little bit would obviously be concerning. But I'd like to think, you know, he's questionable, limited practice, Hopefully he's still good to go because the way the defense has been functioning with him out there, I'd be kind of terrified to see how it functions without him. Or maybe, you know, somebody actually steps up and does something. But, I mean, it it's such a minor body part. But, you know, if it takes him out of the game, then that's going to be pretty significant for sure. Hell yeah. I actually slid a, a note to the executive producer of the show here to uh, remind us in May, June, um, of a you know when we have to fill in the the lull period that is pack a day podcast or just nfl news janelle mentioned that if she were an injury report injury she would be uh, a toe so i'm going to put that one out there that you know in middle of may middle of june what injury would you be on an injury report so that eli work on that one in the next couple yeah. months i'm not sure what you'll put out there but um that could be some good content so let's dive into it you guys 
Um, let's let's start on the Packers side of the ball because I think there's that's where the I mean generally that's where the more headlines are. That's what people tune in for. But I think comparing and contrasting the injury report for the Jets compared to the Packers, I think there's just more things that have snuck up on us this week. Um, but I want to run through these real quickly. So David Bakhtiari. We've heard this before, limited participant with a knee all week. No setbacks, it looked like. It did come out on Tuesday from, as I already mentioned, Aaron Rodgers being on McAfee. Um, with the travel and just the integrity of that field, it seemed like they're a little bit more cautious with David not playing as many reps. So let's see if he gets back into the normal rhythm that he does with Josh Neisman this week or if they ramp that up or what that looks like. Uh, Tipanalia is out DNP with a uh, hamstring all week. He won't make the he won't play uh, this week. Elton Jenkins, limited participant with the knee. He's still progressing well. Him and Bakhtiari have basically been neck and neck ever since they both started and came back besides last week with David um, taking some you know less reps over in London. Mercedes Lewis, we've been here before. Wednesday rest day just continues to progress and got a touchdown last week. So we looked to him to get back-to-back touchdowns this like week. Like the one good thing that happened. Very good thing that happened. <laughs> yeah. uh, Devontae Wyatt limited with that quadricep. Unfortunately, we haven't seen him progress at all this week or this year. Um, kind of frustrating, to be honest, because it seemed like there was an opportunity there up the middle. J. Ron Reed's had some good weeks. TJ Slate had a great week last week. And then like Kenny Clark, it's tough for him to break through regardless, but eventually you'd like to see him bust out. Um, and then more of the, the more notable ones, um, Aaron Rodgers with that thumb. Highly, highly likely that it came from that attempt for a Hail Mary throw is just my mm-hmm. guess. When he got ripped down, I was like, holy shit, don't cut the game. Is 12 going to get up off the field on his own? Because he got absolutely slaughtered. I'm a, I'm assuming that's what it was from. He was a DNP. He, he said ahead. that. So don't, didn't he like? Didn't he say in some presser that it was from the hail mary attempt? I, be, I believe he did. And so that it's, yeah, like that's literally. I mean, no, we would know if it was a fracture. It's probably just a sprain. Probably got pulled back. But nonetheless, still right. concerning. It is his right thumb too. So it'll be interesting. I remember. I mean, I think. Middle 2000s, we had this, I think it was like the thumb report with Brett Favre all the time. What is kind of <laughs> splinty that? And it was just like a constant revolving door. So I'm sure there'll be some um, there'll be some conversation about that leading up to thumb the game. Watch. It re- literally was. It was constantly yeah. a thumb watch with, with Brett Favre. Um, and then well, at least more, Rogers has been full practice Thursday and Friday. So he has. He has. I mean, so I think they were just probably. Wednesday, but. Exactly. Um, and the two more concerning ones is Christian Watson with a hamstring once again. He is completely out, didn't practice all week. That sucks a lot because you'd like to see him get more involved with the offense that isn't just jet sweeps. The big one, though, as I already alluded to, uh, Janelle danced around the inside scoops that she had, which is fine. Uh, Rayshon Gary with the toe. (laughs) I don't know when it happened, how it happened, when it happened, but the fact that it's a toe injury I think is – it's significant to me. Um, limited participant Thursday, Friday wasn't listed on the injury report on Wednesday, so you're not sure really when that had occurred. Did but, they say what toe? Uh, doesn't say what toe. I honestly feel like I'll that makes a difference. Like if it's a big yeah. toe, like you oh, think that's about it, it, it really is because it is. Know, no, I'm not like, being I'm saying, Yeah, I'm not saying it to like sound like you know. I'm like saying it seriously, but I mean your big toe versus like your middle toe. Like for somebody in his position and the way that he, like, really has to plant that foot and, like, just you know go at quarterbacks and you know whatever. Like your big toe versus like your smaller toe. 
it, you know, it makes a difference. You know, if it's the middle of your foot, the outside of your foot, whatever. So it's kind of, it is interesting, like how, like we literally just know something is wrong with his toe and maybe it is, maybe that is why Matt LaFleur is a little bit more concerned because I mean, I, I don't know about you guys. I've broken toes before, but I mean, it, it can be kind of painful yeah. <laughs> Even with high pain tolerance. So to try and think about like how aggressive he runs, you know, like obviously we've seen how hard he goes at those quarterbacks. So, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe adrenaline helps a little bit and will help him push through it. But I mean, there's literally like nothing you can really do for until un- until you ask that. First of all, I've broken my pinky toe on either foot. I think like once or twice a piece. It's literally just nothing. It's just like a, it's like a, it's like a toothpick snaps. And you just like tape it up. Right. Yeah. And then your until, whole like foot is purple. And yes, <laughs> until you said, Janelle, what toe was it? I was like, Oh, it's his left big toe or his right big toe. Never when I've seen a toe injury before have I ever been like, it was any other toe than the big toe. I don't know why until you just said that, that I'm like, Oh, it could be just any toe. It could be the middle toe. It could be any toe. It could be the, the one that's got the toe ring on. Like I didn't ever think, that it could be anything other than a big toe. So I don't, I, I mean, this is, this, I, I, I don't know what to think. You you would think it would be big toe, but I mean. That's, I, that's the most debilitating, I would imagine, like just pressing well, off. I think it's not. But There's, I mean, if, it, if it's the big toe, on that one. if it's the big toe, we're in trouble. And we don't yeah. know what foot it is. Like we know Aaron <laughs> Rodgers' right thumb is. It, why now we're getting into a conversation why do the thumbs get excluded See, as like, i was wondering i was shocked that i saw right thumb that's like, what i'm I've saying never seen, i've never seen a distinction for the hand it's on and then when i saw toe i was like you got to give me the specifics of the toe like it's literally in the injury report listed as right thumb yeah. have you ever seen like, that? it's not like it's not like elton jenkins is like right oh knee. like left or right knee yeah it's what the hell? it is weird I, I guess until you guys pointed that out, I didn't even think about that. Look at this. A very in-depth analysis on how specific Whoa. and not specific. I mean, yeah, or – The best quarterback in NFL history has an injury. You got to be specific. I mean, it. I, you guys probably don't know how hockey injury reports go, but, like, let's say Aaron Rodgers plays hockey. That's listed as an upper body injury. Yep. Yep. That's my like, favorite. That's my absolute I favorite. Wondered, like, for you literally so just never me. know. I was like, what the hell kind of injuries happen in hockey? Every day is a lower body injury. You literally never know. Yeah, they keep it. Is the the back lower or upper? I don't know, because like kind of depending on where your back is, what draws the line between up. So, yeah, I mean, at least it. Thank you, football, for at least being a little specific, because, yeah, it it could be worse. But I still would like to know what toe. (laughs) Absolutely. So one thing I was just on. the happy hour for Packaday on the, the live stream side with um, Andy, Tim Backus, and Matt Ramage, and we were talking about it. And I kind of had this thought before we recorded, like, is this Rayshon Gary injury a good thing? And I don't mean from the standpoint of, like, you know, he's having a career year, truly like one of the most impactful defensive players, I think, throughout, th- throughout the entire league. Definitely been the most consistent for the Packers thus far. Does this – sway Joe Barry to have to bring more pressure from the secondary from the defensive backfield and to, to bring more five six man pressures because you know your top pass rusher can't go like is now I mean maybe it just coincides and it's an absolute coincidence because it seems like Joe Barry has been um, acknowledging some of the the Twitter takes and some of the conversation around the league from uh, 
know, not playing up on corner, or excuse me, not playing up on receivers more, not bringing that extra pressure and just being super passive. Um, kind of just curious on your guys' thoughts. You're like, is this a op- great opportunity to see if more guys can get involved? Or are they so depleted with not having more pass rushers if that's a problem, especially with Tipanalia out? Like he's he's a guy that could um, you know, add some some pressure that way to Zach Wilson too. Uh Eli, your thoughts. Um, well, I definitely agree with you that just in general, they need to start bringing more pressure. It's just it's ridiculous that, I mean, we could talk about last week, but it was more than just last week. Um, anytime it seems like they're facing a team and it's third down and it's the perfect time to bring pressure, there's that's when it's a four-man rush almost every single time. And, yes, Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith have had great seasons and they've brought some pressure, but you, you, there's no reason to not be bringing five or six men, not – an insane amount, but when it's time to blitz, when it's third and medium, third and long, depending on the quarterback you're playing, whatever it is. But I do think this defense needs to get more consistent pressure and outside of just their front four guys, like bring, bring some pressure, bring some blitzes, even if it's just to keep the offense honest and keep them concerned about a blitz. Like you can't just go the whole game and blitz maybe two or three times and call it a game. Like I just think there needs to be more pressure. And in general, I mean, we all know, the expectations we had for this defense. And I think it's safe to say that as of now, they have not lived up to those expectations and the offense clearly needs whatever help they can get right now from the defense. So whether Rashawn Gary is playing or not, this unit needs to come out against the jets who have actually not been very jet, like as jetsy as they usually are. They've actually been somewhat not embarrassing to watch. Um, like, you can't just go into this game like most years and be like, oh, you're playing the Jets. No, like, you, you need to not – like, I could be wrong, but I think every time the Packers have played the Jets in Rodgers' career, it's been a close game. I mean, they won in 2010 9-0, which was a fun game to watch. But then 2014, they almost lost to the Jets in New York. 2018, if you guys remember the overtime game in Week 16 against the Jets, they almost lost that game. So – they need to go out and just put the Jets away and do what every every team is supposed to do in the NFL. Yeah, that's that's I'm not sure about you guys, but it still catches me off guard when I walk down the water aisle at the grocery store and see these new tall boys that look like beer chilling out in the middle of the bottled water section. Of course, it's not actually beer. It's Liquid Death, a new mountain spring water from the Alps that's available in still, sparkling, and three unique flavors. But why is it called Liquid Death, you may ask? Well, it's because Liquid Death donates 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Even better is that the use of their aluminum Tallboy cans is also helpful as aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. Friends, bottled water has always been boring to me, but there's absolutely nothing boring about Liquid Death. I love the crisp, refreshing pop of the can when I open it, and the water simply tastes better in a can than it does out of a bottle. Add in their three unique flavors... Personally, I love the lime, and the overall experience is infinitely better than any other water product. Plus, it just looks so much cooler holding a tall boy labeled Liquid Death that looks like you're holding a crisp, refreshing beer. So do me a favor and go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee. Or you can find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This isn't a Frontier Airlines Jets. This is more of like a this is like a first class Jets we're seeing for once. Like this is a this is a, I would say economy plus. Economy plus. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Janelle, you're one of the more definitely positive. better than like the spirit that I usually fly because I mean, yeah, I work in real school. I can't really afford. I, can't I almost afford said them. spirit. I went frontier instead. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, you're kind of talking about like pressures and stuff. And yeah, I definitely um, with or without Gary or depending on like what kind of Gary will see, depending on if he's in there and with the toe injury and all that kind of stuff, it's still important to, be able to get that pressure, but also contain it. Like don't just pressure Zach Wilson and then he's younger. He's got youthful legs and he can just kind of run around and um, maybe break that pressure. And then all of a sudden you're scrambling and he's got time. So I think being able to not only get that pressure, but also to be able to contain him is going to be huge. So, I mean, Rashawn Gary, obviously a huge piece in that, but I mean, Obviously, like letting we saw last week, Daniel Jones ran way too much for being Daniel Jones. So makes me a little bit more nervous with Zach Wilson. Like you obviously want to be able to get that pressure, but you also don't want to give him opportunities to kind of scramble. That's actually a really good. That's actually a fantastic point. I was just thinking about the pass rush in general. But when you're talking about like Zach Wilson getting loose, like we've seen those times where like a injured Zadarius Smith an injured, maybe Clay Matthews or Rayshon Gary. It's like they make that initial push, but then the change of direction absolutely jacks them up and they can't run down either a running back on the flat or a cornerback. That's actually a, a kind of something I think I'm going to watch early on in the game to see the change of direction, either from these running backs that are super solid for the jets, as we know, or when Zach Wilson, you know, maybe gets out on the edge and trying to make a play to one of his young receivers, if Rayshon can run him down. Oops, excuse me, to, to run him down or not. Like, that'll be an interesting, I think, just thing to watch progress throughout the entire game. Um, and I'm sure there'll be a ton of cameras on 52 to see whether or not he's 100%. In I wonder game. how many zoom ins we're going to get. I mean, like, tons. What, yeah, like, <laughs> zooming on the foot, or like, wasn't there a different year where Rodgers had like a finger injury and they just kept zooming in on it? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like there's cons, or no, it was on his, um, wasn't on his knee like they were seeing if he had like a brace on or if it was just a wrap or his ankle. Maybe, were, but like I, we should like probably have an over under for how many like zoom ins there's gonna be, either like on Gary's row or on what? No, I was just saying every game with Rodgers though. Essentially, after every single throw is a zoom in. Honestly, I mean like on the injury. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, zooming, like yeah. aggressive zooming in on the thumb or aggressive zooming in like on Rashawn Gary's foot or. You know, like that unnecessarily, like zooming all the way in, max zoom, whatever you call max it. Zoom to the foot. Yeah, I love. Yeah. I love when I love especially on like the the ha- <clears throat> excuse me the hand injuries when they discuss like 
what sort of padding is on there, what sort of wrap or a splint is on there. The one thing, if they were, if they actually zoom in on Rayshon Gary, we'll know which foot it's on, actually, mm-hmm. instead of just being a, a toe injury at this point. Maybe a cameraman can give us a little insight here. <laughs> we'll get some insight before the game. So let's get over to the Jets side of the ball, you guys. Um, actually, players. a smaller list than we're used to seeing from the opponents. Like your comparison. Yes, in comparison yeah. to the, the Buccaneers game, like mm-hmm. this is this is light light work for the Jets. So uh, first off is starting left tackle Dwayne Brown, who I think, if I had to guess, is probably like 37, 38 years old. I'm going to look that up as I continue to break him down. It looks like he's questionable um, with a shoulder injury this week. He's 37 years old. Uh, oh, not sure today, though. He did practice today, full yeah. participant. Maybe there was some veteran rest-ish going on Wednesday and Thursday. With that shoulder, that's all they have really for the or not really. That's all they have for the the offensive side of the ball. The defensive side of the ball, everyone in the front seven is kind of tweaked up. We got Jermaine Johnson with an ankle, DNP. He's going to be out this entire game, not going to play. Carl Lawson, uh, formerly when he was on the Bengals, absolutely wreaked havoc at a game I was at in Lambeau many many years ago. Uh, he's uh, tweaked up with an ankle injury. No injury designation for him though. That was on Wednesday. He was limited, full participant, Thursday, Friday with the ankle. C.J. Mosley with a hip injury right now, formerly of the Baltimore Ravens. We all know him from his days there in Baltimore on that defense. Um, Limited participant and then a full participant Thursday, Friday. Quincy Williams, a young uh, linebacker with an ankle injury, limited participant all week until he had a full day of practice on Friday. So overall, it's basically just the defense is tweaked up for the – uh, the Jets, one thing I kind of want to bring up, you guys, it's less injury report related, more of just like Bob Sala for, versus Matt LaFleur versus the Packers. Like what what sort of performance, Eli, do you think we're going to get out of this defense for the Jets? Because I feel like this is kind of how they've been winning games. Their defense is pretty, pretty solid. They have a lot of young dudes. I'm a huge fan of Quan Alexander. He's on this defense. They brought him in from the Saints a couple years ago. They got Sauce Gardner-Johnson, like – He's a stud, like I just or Sauce Gardner, not Sauce Gardner Johnson. Like, what are your expectations for this Jets team to kind of slow down the Packers? Do you see the Packers like fully relying on the run game to get like back to their ways of thirty rushes, or do you think Bob Sauce is gonna be like, hey, I know what everyone's pissed off about? It's those running backs not getting the ball. I'm gonna take that away. Like, what kind of what is your what are your thoughts when this defense, even though they're banged up, like what do you see for the the, the Jets defense kind of to take on the, the Packers offense? Yeah, I mean, as you said, they definitely have been playing pretty solid this year, and that is what was my initial, you know, concern with this game is that, again, like I said earlier, I just don't think this team is as bad as most Jets teams we've seen over the last few years. But, yeah, I agree. I mean, if Salah's smart, which, as you've seen, he he is, at least we think he is, he should probably be planning to stop Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. That's what I would expect and make the Packers beat them through the air, which is a lot easier said than done, at least as of now for the Packers. But, yeah, I mean, the Jets, they have a solid defense, and they could give the Packers some problems. But I also think that if they are just if they just stay committed to the run, no, I don't think there's really any defense that could hold Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon down for four quarters. They might not be super efficient runs, but I think they'll still have their success, eventually break down the Jets' defense, and also just I feel like the Packers offense needs to get in a rhythm and that's you have to hold you have the ball, have longer possessions, run the ball, get back to normal. 
So I expect the Packers to try to do that regardless of how the Jets play. But I would imagine the Jets are going to do everything they can to force the ball into the air. 100%. Just looking at it here, statistically, the Jets are averaging just over a little bit of a two sacks per game right now in other contests. I, I think the way they can get after the passer, passer is super, super impactful to how they play. We know Quentin uh, – is it Quentin Williams for them? Uh, yeah, young – Yep, young dude for them. Also, like Carl Lawson, if he can go or not at full percent, I think is a really important thing, similar to the side of the ball for Rayshon Gary. Like if he's a full participant and he can impact the game to his fullest extent, like that's going to completely change the how the, the Jets operate. And if they're able to run the ball more or, you know, set up the play action for Zach Wilson to be able to throw the ball. And like you mentioned, if he's going to get outside the pocket, you know, this could be a different situation for them too. You know, your thoughts, like – when we're looking at this Packers defense, the Jets have like overperformed, obviously, like a three and two Jets team, but they've been able to move the ball. Like they have Garrett Wilson is a young kid from Ohio State. He's been, you know, he had a couple good games thus far. They have still Corey Davis, who's battling there. I want to say there's another receiver that I'm missing that I should absolutely know about. I don't. Who's that? Oh, Elijah Moore. Thank you. Good call. Ole Miss kid, but really, like, it comes down to those those two running backs, like, between Brees Hall, who's having a great year out of Iowa State, and Michael Carter. Like, do you think what, – which is more important to slow down for them? Is it the running game or the potential of those young receivers kind of get loose because the defensive backfield for us hasn't been that great thus far? Yeah, I mean, the, the Packers have faced some really good running backs thus far throughout the season, so it's kind of been – you know, continuously kind of my study, they need to just continue to stop the run and make Zach Wilson throw the ball because we should be able to trust those DBs to play defense back there. Obviously things have been, you know, just bonkers. You look at this, this defense and they're healthy and they're just not, there's something that just isn't clicking. And like, obviously there was like Amos got a little banged up one game and he had to go out, but he was able to come back. And realistically, there's not, many injuries that are happening in that DB room right now. So there's no excuses for them to not be able to cover guys. And then like, you could also get in the conversation. Is it okay? Is it the scheme? Is it because, you know, man versus zone and stuff like that. But I still just think, you know, stop the run, make them throw and then let our DBs do what we know that they can do. Cause I just, you know, I, we saw Saquon break out a few times, like for the, like it felt like in the first half they had, pretty well contained him and then Saquon just you know is Saquon and ran all over the place and it was kind of frustrating so I think a lot of that too comes from you know you don't want your defense on the field for too long and you want to give them a nice break from the offense so offense also needs to kind of help defense in that way but yeah I just I still am going to continue to say stop the run make Zach Wilson throw and let our DBs, like, you know, our safeties, cornerbacks, all those guys, whoever is dropping into coverage, make them make plays. Like, make them earn it, too. You know, these these are players who, if you're going to be defending them, like, you have to make them earn that play. Don't let it, don't let it be an easy, okay, I'm going to let you catch it at the first down marker, and then I'll make the tackle. Because that's the thing that's starting to piss me off the most, is that we have too much talent for that to be the game plan. And I'm not a defensive coordinator. I'm obviously not, you know, NFL coach or whatever, but just me sitting on my couch, I'm getting frustrated with that. So I say make them throw it, but don't let that, when they are going to throw it, take away those first downs. Make them earn them. Don't just, you know, let them have it and then wait till you're 
like five yards from the goal line and then get, you know, into press coverage. Yeah. Shame on me for even setting it up a conversation that I would uh, make you more concerned about the pass game with Zach Wilson and those young receivers and the run game. That's been the biggest bugaboo for the Packers. So, I mean, yeah. I totally, I totally agree with you. It's, but it's I mean, the, the Packers have, you know, like we look at, like the Patriots game and I'm pretty sure they pulled up a practice squad guy matching up with Jair and Jair is like 15 yards off of him. So at this point, it doesn't really matter who the receivers are. They're finding ways to make plays against our elite defense. And that's frustrating. (laughs) And that's the next thing is just like, I've, I've said this for, I said this a couple weeks ago and I'd, you know, sometimes you say stuff on a live stream or a, a podcast. You're like, yeah, that kind of made sense in the moment. But does it actually like make sense when you think about it? And the one I said was just like, there's all these dudes on the defensive side of the ball. The only reason we're getting stops is because they're just absolute athletes. And Joe Barry hasn't put anyone in position with that scheme. And that was like week two, week three. And now I look back, I'm like, shit, that was actually kind of intelligent take for me. Because it's like they Joe Barry's not doing anything special with these guys. It's literally just athletes making plays across the entire field. Like if you can put some of these guys in position and to scheme some stuff up that is camouflaging what you're trying to accomplish. We saw that a ton last week with Martindale's defense first with the Giants. Like it's, it's frustrating to watch teams that have lesser talent but can just confuse you at the line of scrimmage. The, the Chiefs do that really, really well. The Giants have done that well. Ravens have done that well for – years and years saints with Dennis Allen. It's like, there's these certain defenses that they're just, we're going to give you a similar look. And Rogers has talked about the playing the Vikings with Harrison Smith. Like he's going to play down the box, but then he's going to run deep to play in like a cover three situation. Like just to, just to show a different look, Joe Barry would be enough for me, whether it works or not is I'm okay with that. If it doesn't work in the first week, um, cause I don't think Zach Wilson is going to hurt you too much, but just throw something at this kid that makes him have to think a little bit, especially with his left tackle being banged up and might not go. And overall, they don't have a great offensive line either. So, uh, Eli, since you were gone last week, and I think I referenced it maybe in the week before that we do not do, and I repeat, we do not do score predictions anymore on the Saturday edition of the injury report. It's just a thing we don't do. Um, but who wins the game, Eli? The Packers win the game. Um, I I wish I could sit here and again I wouldn't I wouldn't dare to give a score prediction, but I wish I could sit here and say it would be you know over at halftime and a nice relaxing Sunday. But I need to see it before I can be that confident in saying the Packers are going to win a game they should win by multiple scores and actually win it by multiple scores or at least lead throughout most of the game by multiple scores. But I'll say the Packers win and. I can't complain if they do that. I appreciate you adhering to the rules. I think, yeah, it might look like the Packers are going to win through the through the first 30 minutes because we've seen that, right? At halftime, they're going to run away with yep. it. But, like, come up the next 30, you don't know what you're going to get. Janelle, your thoughts, and um, please follow suit from Eli not uh, giving a score prediction. Yeah, I'm not, you know, this isn't me saying, like, the Packers, they have to win for the sake of my sanity, for the sake of – I'm sick of Vikings fans telling me that we suck every day at work. Like, and you cannot wear these throwback jerseys at Lambeau and lose to the Jets. Like, there are rules here, and they have to win. So, and like, I put this tweet out today: losing to the Giants, Wild lose the home and season opener against the the New York Rangers. Like, I am not gonna get swept by New York this week. I refuse to let it happen. So, this isn't a they should like I think they'll win. It's a they have to win or I might go insane. <laughs> so 
that there's just too much. And I was just saying, you know, sorry to people who are maybe going or live in Wisconsin who maybe don't want snow in mid-October, but we had snow today in Minnesota and I would like, it would be so cool to see those jerseys in a snow game at Lambeau and maybe get that little bit of weather help. Maybe that'll help uh, AJ Dillon get a few more carries than six, but yeah, I mean, they, they have to. Like, we thought that the world exploded after they lost to the Giants in London. I don't even want to know hmm. what chaos would take out. Like, I would probably have to delete my Twitter app because I just would not be able to survive that hellhole. And, yeah, they, they, I, I think they'll win, but, like, they have to win. It's a scary place. Uh, I <laughs> I hate the snow, Janelle. You, I think you were the first person I saw on my Twitter timeline today to post about snow. Obviously, it makes sense. You live on the western side of you know, Wisconsin or in Minnesota, eastern side of Minnesota, rather. Um, but I was like, damn, that sucks. You did put it in perspective like, shit, snow on the ground. Like, A.J. Dillon, that, like, that's, a, that's a recipe for success. So for the Packers' sake and for everyone listening to Pack-A-Day podcasts, I will allow there to be some snow on the field in Lambeau Field. But come Monday morning, like, let's make sure it all melts because I, I hate the snow. It's three hours, you know. Start at like maybe like eleven thirty, so there's a little bit of dust on the field by kickoff. You can take the whole day. I'm not going. I don't leave my house. Like it's like groceries are purchased, booze is purchased. Like I don't leave the house. So it's like if it if there's a torrential downpour or tornado or whatever, like it doesn't matter. I'm not leaving. But come Monday morning when I want to leave to go to work, like I don't want to see any snow. I don't want to have to brush my car off like you did this morning. That is fair. So Sunday snow flurries. Enough for, you know, some pretty pictures from Evan Siegel and an A.J. Dillon game. Should, yeah. You know, we're not really asking for much here. <laughs> not too much. Uh, as we wrap up here, guys, I'm going to kick it over to Eli. Eli, let everyone know what you got going, Packers-related, any content-related things you'd like to plug on the end of the uh, the Injury Report podcast. Yeah. Um, as always, you can find just about all my work on Twitter at bookofeli underscore NFL. And uh, any of my writing throughout the Packers season will be over at PackerReport.com. And obviously, every Wednesday night, make sure to check out Open Book on Game on Wisconsin uh, with me, Jen, and Zach Jacobson. And, yeah, uh, just looking forward to this game and hoping I'm wrong with obviously not my score prediction, but I'm hoping that it's a more relaxing Sunday than I'm expecting. 100%. Janelle, what do you got going on? And um, I guess, have you busted out the snow pants, winter jacket, everything in between since you saw some snow this morning? Yeah, I did actually have to break out the the fall Carhartt jacket this morning. Um, so that was, you know, wasn't ready for that. And I'm actually, I'll be going to our, our high school football game tonight. So I'll have to wear the snow boots to keep my feet warm. So making that transition, I've officially accepted that a jean jacket might just not cut it anymore. So I've been double layering with my jackets in the morning. Um, You know, as long as like fall is my favorite and the leaves just change. So like I need to be able to appreciate that for a little bit longer before we get like serious snow. But in the meantime, while the seasons are changing, my schedule does not. Um, You can find me. Every Saturday here on Packaday Podcast with Matt and Eli. Uh, you can find me every Wednesday, like Eli had mentioned, on Open Book with him and Zach. And then I also do the Packer Report TV preview episode before the game. So look for those either Saturdays or Sundays. Um, just a quick little snippet of Ross and I 
um, kind of giving our take. So, and then everything in between you can find on my Twitter at Big Mac underscore four. Uh, hockey season has started, so you're going to start seeing mixtures of that. So I hope you enjoyed your little three-month break, but both my teams are back playing. Life is good. Uh, need to see some wins from both of them this weekend. So that that is going to be just kind of where my life is at right now. Maybe you just put out an injury. I know, Janelle, you put used to put out picks and whatnot. Maybe you just put out an injury report like you do for Packaday on Saturday, just upper lower body injuries for the teams going on because that's just the only I way should. to That would be amazing. Reports. And the people who don't follow hockey or who, like, there would be a niche amount of people who would understand it and then people who would be like, what the hell is this? That, I, that I was hilarious. They, they need to start specifying. They can't just say the region of your body. That just doesn't work for anyone. I've, so, thought, I've always thought that was super hilarious. Like, I just don't get how that's a thing. And it just continued to be a thing in NHL. But nonetheless, um, for myself, yeah. you can find me on Twitter still at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. Um, I am still putting out my stream with Brendan Dorzinski, 8 o'clock Central Standard Time on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you want to find that. The Final Dump, presented by Game on Wisconsin on that YouTube page. Check us out. We dump everything, all the news from the weekend, and then we set you up for the week, whether it be new news to observe, injuries to look at. We'll definitely have some to break down throughout this week, uh, depending on how Rayshon Gary can go, the prog- progression of Bakhtiari, Alton Jenkins, etc. And then we set you up for any betting lines that you might be looking towards early on. Maybe get to take some advantage of some low lines. I know there was one this week that we liked as far as the uh, the Jets with the points. I'm not sure where that's progressed since then, but at the time we liked it on our episode, scratch that, our segment, significant to some. Guys, also, if you really haven't checked out the YouTube side of Packaday Podcast, please do so. Somehow Andy's almost gotten that to surpass um, – you know, he's almost has 10,000 subscribers on the YouTube side, and we have yet to succeed 10, uh, exceed 10,000 followers on the Twitter side of things. And we've been doing this for, I don't know, 1,500 plus episodes. Incredible performance from the man, Andy Herman, over there. So check that out. I was also on the happy hour yesterday at 4.30 Central Standard Time. Um, go check that out. It's great. Watch Matt Ramage, myself, Tim Backus from Cheesehead TV, and, of course, Andy Herman. Guys, noon Packers game. Living in Green Bay is fantastic. Janelle, I know you know how that feels, but um, Eli, you may know how that feels at one point, but uh, maybe maybe eventually we'll get there. But it'll be a great game. I'm looking forward to it. I called my shot last week saying this was going to be a bounce-back game for the offense. If we don't see a bounce-back game this week, whether it's on the shoulders of those running backs or the shoulders of Aaron Rodgers, they're, like Janelle said, uh, consideration of a Twitter app being deleted from my phone for the rest of Sunday and then right back to it on Monday because it's a drug and we need it. Randall Cobb did post on his Instagram. He said bounce back and I trust Randall Cobb with my life. So if he says bounce back, I trust it's going to be a bounce back. Eli, do you trust Randall Cobb with your life? Yeah, I didn't know that he posted that, but now that I heard it, um, I take back everything I said. I'm expecting a complete blowout. (laughs) The Packers are going to win by at least 37 points. It's going to be a great day. I'm okay. I, I expect the Packers to win too. I do not trust Randall Cobb with my life, but that's totally here nor there. Um, but for everyone in Packers Nation, everyone listening to the Pack a Day podcast, we hope you have a great weekend. And as always, go, go Pack Go. Pack go.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.